Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. pressing play i'm joined tonight by john hi john hey brandon how's it going pretty good we're recording on let's see november 11th 2016 yeah it's veterans day veterans day at the one and only legends bar and grill thanks for having us again uh so it's just me and you tonight Stu and clarence and the other seven or eight people we had on last time have abandoned us uh, so it's just us. I have 10 questions for you, John. Do you want to get started? Yeah, let's jump in. All right. We're going back to sports. We got, we got a lot to go over because it's been two weeks since we did a sports podcast. Yeah. We, 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 we took some time off, but we're back at it now. Just reviewing my questions, which, John, you have not been given ahead of time. No, Can I have no confirm? idea what your questions are. We will be this talking. This is going to be a great podcast because I'm going to be speaking extemporaneously, which is disastrous at, at best. So we're going to be sticking to sports, Vikings, Twins, Gophers, maybe some Wolves, maybe some hockey. I do have one question at the end that is non-sports related, but anybody who is sensitive to news information should and can continue to listen for a little bit while longer. Most listeners will be long gone by then. Yes, but we will give a quick warning when we are not going to stick to sports because I think that's important. So question number one for you, John. What are your current rest of the season expectations for the Vikings? Well... I think you should probably answer this too, but I, when they were five and zero, yep, I seem to remember we doing a podcast where we said they could easily go five and eleven. I don't remember if we exactly said that, but I think we all had that thought. I know Clarence predicted them to lose sixty five to nothing every week, yep, and I was right there with him, and I think most of us were. And exactly what we thought could happen has borne itself out over the last couple of weeks. The offensive line is one of the worst things about. Western civilization. <laughs> yeah. It's that bad. It's like hatred and fear and then the Vikings offensive line. Yeah, it's it's Tony Soprano. Tony Soprano was not the miracle salve we thought he might be. No, Tony Soprano's apparent coaching technique is to yell. Like, so he does that didn't work. He came in and he yelled at people and he told them to be meaner and it's not actually helping anything. The signings didn't work. Well, I think we knew the signings were not exactly overwhelming. Guys getting healthy didn't work because they got hurt again. They were also they were already terrible. They all immediately just got hurt again. And um, this does go back to something that we that especially Clarence has pushed in the past. We've talked a lot about Rick Spielman, and oh, they have a pretty John. good de- they uh, they have a pretty good <laughs> defense. 
They've they've done a lot of good things. Trading for Bradford was probably the only way to save the season, and it's something Mm -hmm. Spielman pulled off. Yeah. But the point that Clarence has made before is that when things have gone badly for Spielman, they've gone so badly that it's fireable all on its own. Mm -hmm. Picking Christian Ponder, fireable all on its own. Drafting no offensive linemen in the first three rounds of last year's draft when everyone knew that what the Vikings needed more than anything was offensive linemen, and then picking the worst offensive lineman in the draft in Bill Beavers. Yeah. I mean, Clarence is right about this. It's legitimately a fireable offense. No matter how, no matter what other good things he's done, you cannot make up for wasting a first round pick on Christian Ponder and failing to address the offensive line with anything but replacement level veterans signed in free agency and the same crappy linemen that were existed before this year. So if you're Ziggy, you would fire Rick Spielman. Well, if I'm Ziggy, I'm pretty much just swimming around in my uh, Scrooge McDuck. I was going to say Donald Duck, but I, not, not Donald I Duck. Scrooge, Scrooge McDuck is the one that had the vault. Yeah. Pretty much the taxpayers have just given you a vault full of money, and you're just going to swim around in that. Right. I don't see why you do anything different if you're Ziggy Wells. You're uh, you're dodging the question. What was the question? I you can't would, even remember. I wanted to complain about Rick Spielman. So, <laughs> but you what is my outlook him. for the rest? of Would I fire Rick? Yeah. I would absolutely fire Rick because of the. I would fire him. I would, I would bring Bill Beavers with me. Me and Bill Beavers on would one go, side of the table would go into in Rick's HR office, room. and I would go, Rick, look at this, and idiot. I would hold out my hand towards Bill Beavers. And Bill, I mean, he feels bad enough already, but he would sure. hang his head to shame, Tears. as he should. Yeah, Jesus. And Rick would just, he would get up, he would close his computer, he's got like a laptop on his desk, he would just close it, you know, with a little click, right. and he'd just stand up and he'd walk out of the building. I think this is what we in the industry call revenge porn. <laughs> it's what I'm you're just, doing. I'm just inventing it as I go. Yeah. Well, yeah. if I was doing that, then he would be beaten <laughs> by Vikings fans on his way out. Right. They would key his car. and Yeah. Beat him within an inch of its life, and I'm not. I'm not coming up with that. I'm not an angry person, Brandon. So unrealistic. Um, so uh, Shat Permer, most likely, is also not the miracle salve that we were <laughs> well, hoping for. I will for, say right? this: your guy. We all know that Norv Turner is your guy. You spent three years talking about how great Norv Turner is, and I opened I, up PowerPoint one time. I was in a chart <laughs> on how much I hated him. I was impressed. Yeah. I was impressed that you stuck with that. Yeah, but. It, it made me laugh that the storyline from last week's game was, well, what they did was they threw a lot of quicker passes, and uh, Bradford didn't get sacked as often. And it boggles my mind that that never occurred to Norv. Well, I, Ooh, we think, food. It's, I think it's not possible to hey. think that, uh, thanks. Um, yes, I will take another saga, please. I will have John is ordering a beer. Uh, I think yeah, that we're practically is... gleaming in the geek right here. We got food. We're ordering beers. We're going to talk about how much we like the beers. I think to think that Norv didn't think about quicker passes is very silly, right? Wasn't Teddy one of the league leaders in quick okay. short passes last year? Like one of the most. Let's back up for, short... you for a second. Two, three weeks ago, yeah, Sam Bradford got murdered. Yes, over and over throughout the game. Uh huh. Two weeks ago, when Norv was still the offensive coordinator, he again got repeatedly murdered because he kept taking seven-step drops and nine-step drops uh-huh. in the same part of the pocket and getting killed by a lineman who hadn't been blocked by anyone because Alex Boone's foot was nailed to the turf. Uh-huh. I don't see a particular amount of learning 
out of Norv, I guess is what I'm saying. In your two-week sample. <laughs> in those two weeks. Well, how, many, how much of a sample do I need? How many times did he get sacked two weeks ago versus three weeks ago? It was basically the same. Well, there was earlier times in the year where Bradford didn't get sacked at all, right? A couple times. So you're saying the fact that he forgot to change the game plan once is not enough to get rid of him? I think we agree that uh, pointing out one week or two weeks isn't totally indicative of a person or a team's. Why do you love Norv so much, Brandon? I don't love Norv. I'm just saying I think we have a tendency to... For all to your non-Norv love, you spend pretty much all of this podcast defending him. <laughs> to oversimplify and demonize people. Demonize, is what I we say, do. Is what we do. And, like, to think that shorter passes is not something that Norv, who has been then why didn't they in football longer than we've been alive, has never once thought so about explain, it. So explain to me here. You saw the game a couple, the, the three weeks ago game. Yep, yep. And then you saw Bradford again getting killed two weeks ago. Uh-huh. What do you ascribe that to? Uh, I ascribe that to they looked at the offense and said, hey, when we try these three-step drop quick passes, uh, they're not working because there is another team on the field that can pretty easily tell what we're trying to do and has bottled it up really easily. So we're going to have to mix it up or we're not going to survive. So we're going to hope that dropping back doesn't get our quarterback I don't think that that's hope. I think that's changing your strategy. And it didn't work because none of it works because their offense is fucking horrible. It is. And I don't think that... I, I guess what I'm saying is Tony Soprano was not the miracle cure. Shat Permer doesn't seem like he's the miracle cure. Norv Turner was the miracle cure. Well, I think they just are a terrible offense. Randall McDaniel know. isn't walking through that door. You Randall know McDaniel's I mean? walking Kim Irwin's not walking through that door. So, in, you know, there's just no, they're just going to be, they've been a bad offense for how many years in a row now? Several. Several years, because right? Because they have a terrible offensive line because Rick hasn't actually done anything about it. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, I guess my question to you at the beginning was, what's your current rest of the season expectations knowing Not this? good, Brandon. Not, Not good. real good. So they're five and three. I think they could win seven games. They're still, they might even win eight games. They're still considered by all the smart guy statistics as a top ten team, which you can laugh at. It's your right as an American. Um, well, here's the thing. Those statistics are going to be affected by all eight games they've played, of course. Otherwise, yeah, because all eight games count. If you were to rerun the statistics only using the Vikings' last three weeks, where do you think they would rank? But if you use just the recency bias to predict games, it's not as clear as we'd like to make it seem. There are so many teams that like get hot for three games, and we think, oh, they've solved it, they've turned it around, and they don't. So I'm hoping, not hoping, it's possible. I don't think it's likely. I'm with you. But it's possible that they win a couple more games and turn it around a little bit, and they aren't the absolutely terrible, worthless team that they seem like they were. So what is I know your, that goes against. What is your outlook for the rest of the season, then? Uh, well, I'm the one asking the questions, John. You don't no, turn this interview There's only back two on of us me. this week. It's not like we can go to Stu and then Clarence <laughs> Let's get and then the waitress we can forget over. who you were. Um, you know, I honestly, this is sort of irresponsible of me as for being a person who co-hosts a sports podcast, but I don't pay a crazy amount of close attention to the X's and O's of the of the sport. I think it's somewhat of a coin flip in general. So they're five and three. I think that they maybe will 
win four or more and lose four or more and be nine and seven. And they seem like a nine and seven team to me. They seem like the exact same team they were last year and they a very similar like a team they were the nine, year before. Seven and nine to nine and seven team. They have been a extremely solid and well positioned, but not overall dominant defense for three years. They've been uh, an offense that is plotting and slow and has moments of competency, but overall generally ineffective for three years. And there are special teams like every other team goes up and down. They are right now, I looked at Football Outsiders, the 24th best offense and the fourth best defense. And that sort of seems like the story for for a few years now. And there's been different coaches and different players, whatever. It's just like that's who the Vikings are. I don't know how it's gonna ever change in the in the near future. You know, one thing that was good, again, I think I agree with you that it was I'm glad that Bradford is on the team, but he is like a very similar in a, in effectiveness to Teddy so far. I think, yeah. obviously, I think Bridgewater is slightly a, worse than Teddy. Slightly worse, he's but... He's Teddy without the upside. And Bridgewater has, yeah, I, I was going to say, like, a ton of potential. So yeah. they're not the same in that in that meet, in that regard. But I don't think Bradford is going to absolutely shit the bed in many games. I also don't think he's going to end up with 420 yards passing or whatever in many games either. So my... So we're seeing Bradford is Jordan Schaefer and Teddy is Byron Buxton. They've been about the same so far. Yeah, yes. But Teddy's probably going to be better. Yes. Whereas Bradford is Bradford, and we know exactly what's happening. Yeah. True. Did um, you watch the game on Sunday? Uh, yeah, I watched, uh, I watched a little bit of it. The sheer gopherness of that game was astonishing to me. Longtime gopher fans will remember the gophers under Glenn Mason – blowing a lead at home to Purdue when Purdue had the ball inside their own 20 with 19 seconds left in the game and no timeouts, and somehow they managed to kick a field goal without (laughs) spiking the ball Uh and won an overtime, just like almost down to the second, just like the Lions. So I guess what I'm saying is Glenn Mason should be put into custody. Yep. He should be arrested Say because week. he clearly is Every single week. affecting others <laughs> around him. So the thing that I'm not sure about is, and I, again, was not paying as close attention as I probably should, but the timeout that the Vikings took with, like, 30 seconds left or 28 seconds left or something near the end of the game right. felt super weird at the time of, like, wow, that's so much time for maximum of two plays that you're going to be. But I know that there's a bunch of other factors that I'm not thinking about in terms of penalties or whatever else. It, it ended up really hurting the team. But is this one of those things that we're just looking back on and being like, that was an awful move well, in hindsight? Or was it awful at the time? And that's just a here's fucking teams do this all the time. They're so bad at timeouts. The Lions committed a stupid penalty on the extra point which gave the Vikings the opportunity to kick the ball high and short and pin the Lions down on them out their 10. Yep. Blair Walsh being, having, I don't, I can't say anything about Blair Walsh that's printable. Let's put it that way. Bad at his job. Booted, booted it into the end zone, which cost 
the which did he do it like through the defense. end zone? I didn't miss that. No, part. he booted about five yards deep, and obviously it got kneeled down. So it wasn't a mental. Nation. It wasn't a bad strategy. It was just it was he's poor terrible. execution. Yeah, yeah. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> As with everything Blair Walsh does, including missing an extra point, which caused the Vikings to not kick a field goal earlier in the game. Blair Walsh lost that game for the Vikings. Let's be. Let's be completely real about that. Not timeouts, not anything else. That one is Blair Walsh. He was the difference. He got a field goal block that was going about 55 yards left. It looked bad. Had it not gotten blocked. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's fine. Let me ask you, do you want to move on to question number two? Yeah, let's do it. Question number two comes from a reader uh, by the name of Steve N., is the Vikings defense faltering on two long drives Sunday a trend, or is Eric Kendricks that important to getting them off the field? What are your thoughts? Yes. On the Vikings defense. I don't I mean, they gave up a couple of long drives, which was different than previous games, but that that feels like randomness to me. Doesn't it feel like that to you? Yeah, I think that's gonna happen from time to time. Again, I think the story of their defense is the same as it was last year of Really solid. Um, wh- obviously, they were, you know, like a top 10 defense last year. They're better this year, maybe top five or somewhere around there. But that shit's going to happen. They're not a crazy. I think the issue has been at the start of the year, the first few games, their defense was getting a crazy amount of turnovers. And this happens every single time a team has a lot of turnovers. They think, well, this is a skill. This is a thing that our team is just really good at. And. Yep. In almost every case, it's not. It almost never is. It almost never is. So you would have to search far and wide to find mm-hmm. an incidence of turnovers that wasn't purely luck. Yeah, exactly. Because forcing fumbles is a skill, but recovering them is luck. Right. So there is a team, and and if you think about it, just sixteen games, a team could force twenty of them and recover six, or they could force nine of them and recover eight. And that's not like a crazy example. That shit happens every single season. Right. So I think we were um, not tricked, but wanted to believe that this was like, uh, holy shit, this is, our defense is, and re- relatively smart fans were like, well, I mean, you know, they'll probably score like 17. They'll get a defensive touchdown, of course. And it's like, no, no, no. You won't like, Thanks of for course. Thanks me. <laughs> I said that, I think, every week. <laughs> Well, they'll score two defensive touchdowns, and they'll miss four field goals. I thought this was satire. (laughs) I thought you were making fun of other people. I'm so sorry, John. Um, But, yeah, that's not how football tends to work. So that just goes away sometimes. But it did happen, I feel like, a lot this year. Yeah, but it's like scoring four runs because of wild pitches. Yeah. It's not a repeatable thing. Yes, exactly. I'm so, using a lot of baseball metaphors to explain football today. And I it is weird. Why. Yeah, I think our fans know but no football just as well as I think baseball. our fans have seen football. I would think so. For um, some reason, I think of you as a baseball person, and so I want to explain true. it to you, Thank you. Thank with you. baseball. I have mentioned mil- a million times on how uninvested in football I am, so I appreciate that. I do know football. I do watch football. Um, it's hard to believe, given your love for North. Yeah, that's true. Dude, I am <laughs> anti-Norv. I think he was I don't worthless. know why I'm trying to stick you with this. It's just trying to um, keep myself entertained. I just think when we when uh, when fans start to, like, it's all on this person, 
again, you're setting yourself up for disappointment when in this, in this exact scenario, that person isn't around anymore and they're still kind of shitty. It's like it's a bunch of factors. And I wish it was just Norv and Shermer comes in in the next few weeks, they all of a sudden completely revamp the offense. I'm just saying fans have been thinking and hoping that for about 20 years. And I don't know if I ever remember a scenario when, for one thing, a coordinator did much of anything, at least in the near term. Or like, what's the old saying about the backup quarterback? Most popular guy in town. Most popular guy in town. And how often has that worked out, right? It just the backup quarterback coming in and all of a sudden being amazing. It's like uh, he's a backup Randall for Cunningham, nineteen ninety-eight. That's about it. Yeah, yeah. Did Brooks Bollinger turn out to be? Uh, it turned out he wasn't that good. Todd Bauman. Was I'm he? guessing Taylor Heineke. Gus Ferrat. Were Taylor Heineken. Gus Ferrat. <laughs> yeah. So they just. I'm just. I Put guess in that's Gus. Been, my whole point with Norv is like, yeah, he sucks, but it's not just him. And it's also been my same point with Walsh, too, of, like, I'm with you. He sucks. Get rid of him if you want to. But it's not going to immediately turn things around like crazy. Kai Forbath It's, am- <laughs> it's amazing to me that Walsh has three jobs, kickoffs, uh-huh. extra points, and field goals. Yep. And he screwed up every one of them in that loss to the Lions. And that was the difference. Are you sure some of it's not on that timeout? I'm, that could have ended the game. Well, it could have ended the game if they'd scored on the next play. I, I, I'm not disputing that the timeout was probably a mistake. It probably was, but it's like the fifth cause of them losing that game. Okay. I was going into this thinking it was the number one cause. All right. I'm still blaming Blair Walsh. Well, number one, Rick Spielman. Number two, Blair Walsh. Sure. Okay. That's fine. They're both bad at their jobs, it seems yes, like. Yes, they are. According to you guys. Yeah. Well, Blair Walsh is objectively bad at his job this year. Yes, <laughs> by any standard. We should put a request out to our friend Hans, who uh, is part of the what is the what is the name of that organization? Uh, Sports Reference. Sports Reference organization. So baseball reference, basketball reference, etc. Football reference for kickers needs to have, and I think we may have talked about this before, and I can't find it if it exists. Uh, an expected points statistic total to understand. I'm pretty sure we invented this statistic. We did, but it never came to fruition. Hans, you have they got put, to do this. We, we talked about one thing, and they put it up on the site. Yep. Well, the um, how, to, how to pronounce last names of hockey players. Last names of hockey players went up because Hans was tired of you mispronouncing Jonas Brodin's name. Uh, John Broden, but yeah. John Broden. Yeah, John Broden. Um, and then we talked about we talked about a field goal lookup thing or whatever, and Whoever runs Pro Football Reference or whoever does the development for that, for it. Yep. almost immediately put it up and said, all right, here's every field goal ever kicked, which is good, but we need a further step to say for a guy like Blair Walsh, let's say he makes a 59-yard field goal, it's 10 below, and he's kicking outside. Yep. The expected points for that field goal are zero. Nobody's yep. ever made that field goal before in the history of the NFL. Now, I re- yes, we are. I, I recognize that it's a little, there's a lot of variables to control for there, whether it's distance and weather and that kind of stuff that maybe is not something that's part of the data set. But sure. there has to be something we can do to say Blair Walsh's expected points, he's, he's cost the Vikings six points over a average NFL kicker. This exactly, year. which would be so great because even if you take the weather part out of it, we know that extra points are made. Actually, we don't know because I, I don't know, but it's something like 94% of the time, something in that 
whatever. So if he misses one of those, the ex the expected points for that are point nine four, right? We're basically thinking win probability, but for field goals. Yes, and and I think it's really simple to look up. Like right now, he's missed four field goals and three extra points or two or I think so. I think he's missed seven kicks this year. And like, how bad is that compared to other kickers? Because other kickers have missed. Some, but a lot of those guys have missed, like, if they've missed, like, four 53-yarders, I don't give a shit. Like, he's not supposed to make that anyway. Or, ju so or just do fair. what we just said. Calculate the win probability for the kicker. It can't be that hard, say, us uninformed people. Okay. So, let's stop trying to solve right, for... Enough Vikings. Nope. No. Oh, we're not done with the Vikings? We're not done with the Vikings. Well, I have two more for you. Um, we're halfway done with the Vikings. We're halfway done with the Vikings. This podcast is going to be four hours long. John, I'm only asking the questions. You're the one that's hemming and hawing. you got to move on. Sam Bradford, cursed or bad? I'm sorry? Sam Bradford, is he cursed or is he bad? He's bad. You think he's bad? Has he been? I mean, it's not like he has a history of excellence that has only been hurt by luck while with the Vikings. Well, Sam Bradford has uh, some tragic injuries. Many tragic injuries. I'm going to be pretending that I'm one of Sam Bradford's family members right now. Okay. Sam Bradford has tragic injuries like I have low expectations. He's had some, but. some bad injuries. And if you've seen the statistics, which I think I may have, but I'm not sure. He's had bad offensive lines and bad running backs his entire career. He's never once had a situation where he's had good either one of those. And then he comes here, and our offensive line has... Uh, people don't talk about it much, but our offensive line is struggling a little bit this season. And people don't talk about this much, but our running backs have struggled a little bit this season. Is he just bad? Because I think if you have... A lot of quarterbacks have been able to overcome bad running situations, right? Brady's had years when his, he's had horseshit running backs. Aaron Rodgers, another example of, like, he's Drew Brees. Bunch of guys, just, like, terrible running situations, but they're still great. And other guys have been able to overcome bad offensive lines. I don't think guys have had to overcome both of them very often. When Seattle, early this year, Russell Wilson, I think, is, by all accounts, like a top-five quarterback, like an incredible quarterback. The offensive line has been struggling like crazy. And their, off and their running backs have been hurt. And they're all of a sudden one of the worst offenses in the entire league. Like, it just went to shit. So that would be, like, uh, not a Russell Wilson fault sort of thing. But I'm Sam Bradford's um, dad. So uh, you're Dad Bradford. Dad Bradford. <laughs> Dadford. <laughs> Sam Dadford. <laughs> Sam Dadford. <laughs> and uh, so that's my point of view. I think that he's a great quarterback, and when you see situations where he's got protection and a good running back, he's fucking awesome. He just hasn't had that. He's also had in his, like, six years or whatever they are, like a new offensive coordinator offensive system every single year. Um, so I think that I honestly don't know whether he is bad or cursed. I don't know. It's, it's a little hard because you look at the first couple of games the Vikings played this year. And Bradford made some amazing throws, like amazingly good. He does make incredible throws. And then the last couple of games, he's had a number of throws that make him look like the second coming of Christian Ponder. Overshooting deep receivers. Well, oh that wouldn't be the second coming of Ponder. That, I guess, would be more no, Teddy. Never overshooting, no. Yeah, Ponder never <laughs> overshot a receiver ever. But 
just poor throws that have hurt the Vikings. Yep. So which Bradford are we looking at? Are we looking at the confident Bradford who wasn't getting absolutely killed every play? Or are we looking at the Bradford who's expecting his knees to be exploding any second now? You're looking at both, baby. You got to choose. Is he cursed I or bad? My answer, bad? my answer then is I don't know. But he okay. doesn't seem... If you were going to pick somebody to try to carry carry a football team, you would not pick Sam Bradford. Completely agree. He's 24th in QBR right now, which seems about right. I think he, even at his best, he is um, doesn't have the uh, amazing vision or arm strength of some of the top guys or the mobility to make extra things happen. He's not a top 10 quarterback, which isn't a bad thing because if you – actually list down the top 10 quarterbacks they're all fucking amazing they're all really good but he seems like he has a ceiling of a 15th best at best he's an average quarterback yes exactly. at worst he's a mediocre quarterback all right question number four prediction for this week against the r skins (laughs) against the team that shall not be named yes they're gonna lose i think so they're i think they're I'll, I'll tell three. you right now, Brandon. I will predict they lose every game for the rest of the season. Oh, you're gonna, you're gonna. No matter what happens, no matter what, for jinxing, pur- reverse jinxing purposes, are you no, legitimately? No, because think I genuinely be believe that they're gonna be five and eleven. I I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm not very positive when things start going wrong. It's true. It's true. Because I've seen it before. I've seen this story before, and it just doesn't turn out very well. Even with this defense, top five defense in the league. Even with the defense. No faith. No faith They'll in lose Zimmer. every game 20-7. You hate Zimmer that much. I <laughs> it's crazy. It's hey, weird. I'm, He's a great coach, don't you I'm think? I'm still mad that he took your favorite person away yeah. by firing Norv Turner and then claiming that Norv just walked into his office and quit. You know, Pat Shermer is my guy, though. He's in, he was in the Eagles, right? Yes. With Chip Kelly. And you know I'm, I'm just in the tank for a guy like Chip Kelly. <laughs> you know, innovative... Although, you know, kind of useless. Do they still useless. do, like, the play calls on the cards on the sideline? Yeah, you look over, it's like a triangle, and then there's yeah. another with, like, it's a like, chicken. Yeah. Triangle do they still play. do that? I think so. All right, well, good for Jeff. Oh, I have no idea. Okay, let's move on. Now we're really flying. Baseball. Can I get a temp check on the Twins' moves thus far? How are you feeling about our guys? Haven't done much. They fired Bruno. Yep, they fired Butch Davis. Fired Butch Davis. What did Butch Davis do again? Uh, he was generally uh, bad at his job. <laughs> yeah, but what was it? What was his job? I can't even. Was he the first base coach? Maybe bench coach, catching hitting, coach, hitting. Was he, backup, he coach the catchers? Assistant instructor. Maybe roving, roving, roving instructor. He's roving. Yeah, he roved for sure. Huge rover guy. Uh, but then, so here's my question: Bruno's not coming back. That's the thing to think about. Butch Davis isn't coming back. Neil Allen is coming back, uh, and they've been linked to. Jason Castro, the catcher. So as of now... I'm pretty sure that's just Parker Hageman repeatedly tweeting just about Jason Castro. Just I don't think they have any actual... I don't think they've ever talked to Jason Castro. It's just Parker wants it so bad. Well, let's hope that they do, though. They need nope. a catcher. They do need a catcher. So as preliminary as it could possibly be, what's your temperature check on these guys so far? Uh, my question for you is, did you listen or see the quotes from the press conference introducing... Thad Falvey and Derek Levine. I saw nothing. Did you? You didn't read any of the quotes or anything of their management? Nope. Speak? None of it. So the two speak, I, I think I tweeted this, the two speak like 
master's degree students trying to pad out the introduction to their paper. Oh, boy. We're going oh boy. to use evidence-based methods oh, to yeah, data. evaluate metrics. our... Ugh. You got to get metrics in what do you? What they seem to mean is we're going to look at what happened and try to make some decisions based on that, which, to be fair, is better than the twins have had in a long time. Did they, they use holistic? That's a really key... Um, you got to get holistic in there, and I'm sure they did. I didn't see the full transcript, but I'm sure they threw in a holistic. They did throw in a synergy. Oh, yeah. There yeah. was a synergies. I'm in marketing. And I think they were going to leverage some synergies, if, not, if I'm not mistaken. The most important terms for us to use as marketers right now, um, holistic uh, is number one. Omni-channel. Really <laughs> important to say omni-channel. The third most important term is intuitive. If you're not intuitive, you're... Give me, give me some examples of how these are used. I haven't been in business school for over a decade, okay. so I'm not um, sure I understand these. Holistic just means I'm able to look at a campaign over all the different vehicles and all the different all channels. All the omnidirectional vehicles? All the different. Uh, holistically, I can say that if I do this marketing campaign, we're going to get this amount of traffic to our stores, but also this amount of complaints to our whatever and this amount of store members that are having to... Field these questions, whatever. Whole, like I'm just able to look at the overall big picture. Whereas before, you looked at a bunch of small pictures. If you were bad at your job, you wouldn't be able to look holistically, and then a campaign would start, and then it'd say, hey, did you not know that we were going to run out of this product almost immediately, and you don't have anything, and you go, oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. I forgot to look holistically. Yeah, omni-channel is just like, obviously, all the different channels you can use for marketing. So do you do things omni-channel, or do you not want to do things omni-channel? Well, if you're really good at your job, you do it omni-channel, right? So yeah. you take... Your ad and you and you, and you tweet it, you tweet it, you pin it. What do you pin it to? To a Pinterest board. Oh yeah, Pinterest. You pin it. The gotta thing that's ruining weddings for years. You gotta snap it. You gotta for sure. Oh, snap you gotta it. snap it. Nowadays you, you gotta you have snap, a snap it. Oh yeah. Are you are you snapping I don't use stuff it right now? No, not right now. Are uh, is this on Snapchat? Uh, I don't think I'll snap this. No. Brandon, I gotta be honest I with you. I'm old and yeah. I don't understand Snapchat. Snapchat is if you feel alienated, you're supposed to, and that's fine. You don't need to. It's not a. Just think of Snapchat as the silliest of all social media channels. I've, ex I've asked many young people who are into Snapchat to try to explain Snapchat to me, and I still don't understand. If you've why gotten anyone done reading the newspaper, and uh, any articles and books, or whatever, and you just and you flip through all the different beautiful photos on Instagram and you still have a little bit of free time, you go to Snapchat and you make your face with a funny filter and you send it to your friends and you giggle. It's like the, it's the last, the silliest of all That channels. sounds like the world's biggest waste of time to me. It is, but now if you why, have time, like kids do, it's Why it's is hilarious. this part of an omni-channel marketing strategy? Because that's where the do kids are, baby. you take pictures of yourself and put them on No, but Snapchat? I'll do a media buy and make sure that the videos that I create in marketing go on that because that's what the kids are. On the are. Snapchat? Yeah, on with the Snapchat. With the kids. Yeah, with the kids. Uh, the third biggest term is intuitive. So, and that's typically more of like an app or a dot-com thing of like... It's got to be intuitive. It's got to be intuitive, which is a funny term, but it actually is very true. It's like why Apple is such a brilliant company or was to begin with of like their first iPhone came out. And you're like, oh my God, I didn't realize that's exactly how I wanted things ordered and to look at that's what my brain likes like i love this whatever so it's very intuitive and the fourth term most oh, important is the fourth one there's only four fourth one is robust oh it's gotta be robust yeah now it's just here's my question big, I, I know that you're excellent at your job i've talked to a lot of people in in sure. the field yeah. and i know that you're great at it sure so what i'm hoping you can do is off the cuff use all four of those terms in one sentence well oh one sentence one sentence 
next year's Best Buy back to school campaign will hinge. You're already into the predicate, which I'm, I'm worried about. <laughs> You're going to need a couple semicolons in the middle here. On a holistic omni channel strategy, driving customers to an intuitive.com experience Ooh, with a robust amount of content to engage the traffic. <laughs> the and increase conversion rate, <laughs> ultimately driving both revenue and profit. The, end. the amazing thing about that Nailed whole it. sentence Nailed was it. that I thought you were going to run out of time, but instead this sentence continued on beyond yeah. my ability to listen to it. I know. Like the that's last the 10 whole, words, I didn't hear anything. That's the dream. Marketing is not my thing. Mm. Yeah. All right, what were we talking about? We were talking about uh, how you felt about the Twins' upper management so far. So uh, they use a lot of great terms, which I think we've just now demonstrated. Only the smartest people can use those yeah, type of terms. Only Brandon knows. <laughs> Brandon was listening to this press conference going, yeah, <laughs> oh, you, shit, yeah. you should. You Pants should leverage and my ankles. Synergies. Yeah, And exactly. the rest of us are like, what are they talking about? So it didn't really mean much to you, right, in Well, general, it didn't really mean much to anyone. It's, the only it's, time, context, uh, it's information-free language. The only time... Uh, introduction press conference meant anything to anybody was when Tori Hunter started calling that one guy a prick repeatedly. <laughs> for like Poor Mike Bernardino. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, so that was the only really actual interesting, for the most part, right? I mean, if a guy, if they, if they do a sort of poor job, I would say David Kahn, Tim Brewster, whatever, in hindsight, you'd look back and be like, oh, yeah, I knew that guy was full of shit. Yep. But you probably at the time were like, oh, it's whatever. Um... On the opposite end, Zimmer, I think, had a, you know, people immediately were like, oh, this, look at this guy. Straight shooter, what, whatever. But if he had been a complete disaster, nobody would. So they don't mean much, right? Not I mean, too much, obviously. No. And, the, and the moves so far have not impressed you enough to have any. Well, they haven't really done any. I mean, firing Tom Bernanski, whatever. Firing Butch Davis, I don't, I'm not even sure what he did. So I, I, I'm going to have trouble commenting on. That's true. I mean, we care about the Twins a lot, and we have no idea what role he played. Okay. You want to move on to question six? Yeah, let's go on to question six. Question six. Um, are you ready to apologize to Tracy Clays? No, I'm not ready to apologize to Tracy Clays. Why would I apologize to Tracy Clays? Have you, In my, have you seen the final scores of the games they've played over the last couple of weeks? My agenda just says... What do you know, what do you know about... Leave 15 minutes for an apology. I thought you, you were going to be... Rutgers University? I thought you were going to be... Apologizing to nope. Tracy. I, now, this is a question for you. Tell me everything you know about Rutgers University. Um, located in New Jersey. That's correct. Red in their uniforms. Correct. Almost always field 11 players. Um, almost always. Almost always. I'm sure there's been a time when they've had 10. Uh, probably in 1860. <laughs> um... I think they have black helmets. All right. The fact that you're not getting Thank to, you. but Thanks I think you were going me. to get to, <laughs> One of the worst. they're the worst football the... team in America. They Last are a I high looked... school JV team. Okay, yes. They're... Okay, so they it's... are, again, John, don't, I don't want you to get into this small sample size theater. You got to tell me more than just the Rutgers game. Because they beat Purdue by two positions. They struggled mightily <laughs> with Purdue. <laughs> They got the W, baby. They struggled, they struggled mightily with the Big Ten's dregs. And I, 
I but I'm all about I, that W, baby. I'm going to play the role of Clarence right now, black and white, of like, I don't give a shit about the I Grand. went and I looked up the fancy stats. So our buddy Mike Rand put out something on, on Twitter that he eventually wrote about. Was it a terrible pun? No, it wasn't a terrible pun. It was... It probably was, though. You what, just didn't see are it. Are you excited about the Gophers games and I, Gophers game this weekend? And I said, no, I'm not, because all signs point to them losing by more than 20 points. You're talking about this upcoming weekend. I'm talking weekend. about this weekend when they play Nebraska. Nebraska. Both teams are 7-2. and two. Both teams have reason to not be very excited. Nebraska just had a two-game road trip where they lost to Wisconsin, and then they went to Ohio State and lost 62-3. to three. So... They were ranked before that, they were they were not? They were ranked fairly highly. Wow. They're not ranked anymore. No, no, Getting no. beat 62-3 to will do that. That'll happen. So, they're reeling. The that kind of flies in the face of, like, the it's just one game sort of thing because 62-3 to is, like, clearly, that wasn't just a few crazy hops. It wasn't just a funny couple tip passes that ended right. up. Like, they're, it's just one loss, but you need to be out of the rankings for a very long time. Think you about need to what serve you've done. a sentence in the penalty box. Yes. Is what we're saying. Yeah. Yeah. So I looked at the fancy stats, and the fancy stats have, I think Nebraska is favored by four points or five points or something like that. Something small. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. In Vegas or by the fancy? In stats? Vegas. Okay. Yep. The the fancy stats, depending on which one you look at, either think that Nebraska is about a sixty percent to win the game, or that it's mostly a toss up. Wow. And on the one hand, I'm encouraged by that. Yep. Because I thought I was going to look, and it was like, well, Vegas has Nebraska favored by seventeen points, and the fancy stats say that. Uh, Nebraska is a 93% favorite to win or something like this that. This speaks to your pessimism. Right. Yeah. That's what I thought was going to happen, and it didn't, so I'm encouraged by that. But on the other hand, the numbers are going to be affected by losing 62-3. to Yep. The, is Nebraska really 62-3 to bad? I don't know. Just a bad day. So um, if they win the next two weeks, I'll be excited. They play Nebraska and Wisconsin. No, they play Nebraska, then Northwestern, then Wisconsin. Okay, but so so you're so to answer the question, you are not ready to apologize. I'm not ready to apologize. Because I think they're the, gonna lose to Nebraska, I think they're gonna lose to Wisconsin, and they're gonna end up winning none of their important games this year. You think they'll end up being seven and six? Yes. After no, that would, make them, would that make them seven and six or would that make them eight and six? Because they're seven and two now. They're seven and two. I think they could beat Northwestern. Oh, they could beat Northwestern. Okay, so I thought you meant eight and four. Okay, eight and four. Eight and four without beating a team in the top two hundred and fifty teams in America. Northwestern is not good. I don't think so. Are they? I thought they were fine. All right. Well, I mean, 
Maybe not good, though. Uh, Friend of okay. the podcast, Dave Martha's. At so, Dave Martha's, welcome to write in and tell us we're idiots. So you're not ready to apologize to Tracy. When they beat Nebraska, will you apologize next week? No. Okay. When they beat Northwestern, will you apologize after that? No. When they beat Wisconsin, will you apologize? Yes. Okay, thank I you. I will apologize if they beat Nebraska, Northwestern, and Wisconsin. Okay. Question seven. Among other things, if they do that, they'll be in the Big Ten Championship game against Ohio State or Michigan. And then my apologies will be lost based on the 85-3 to beating that they will receive from either one of those teams. Question number seven. Can the Gopher basketball team get any worse this year? I have they a question were for you. 8-23 last year. 8-23. They can get worse, but it'd be hard. Here's my question to you. Yep. The Gophers have played 13 non-conference games this year. One of them's at Florida State in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. Yep. And then I think they play one in Sioux Falls. And then the other 11 are against the usual dregs of America. Schools that you did not know existed will be in Williams Arena. So here's my question to you, Brandon. Uh-huh. How much money would you have to be paid to attend every one of those games and stay from opening tip to final horn? Every one of the games. Every one of those games. And you said that's 11 games? I'm saying there's 11. I'm not, I, I'll, I won't make you drive to Sioux Falls. You just have to go to all 11 games at Williams Arena. And these are like on weekdays? Many of them are on weekdays. Some of them are on weekends. So this is like, how much money do I need to be paid to be miserable for, that's going to be what, 30 yeah, hours? Miserable, of- just bored. I mean, I'll give you pretty good seats. You don't have to sit up underneath the overhang or anything. I'll be miserable getting there and getting home. Right. I'll be miserable having to go somewhere on a Thursday night when I'm exhausted from work. Right. I'll be miserable. I'm not going to be getting laid for a very long time no. here. Months, right? You won't have sex until probably February, if at all. Yeah, if at all. Yeah. Uh, I would need um, I need like $1,000. Would you do it for $1,000? I don't think $1,000 is enough for me. I think, do I get two seats? No, you have to go by yourself. Oh, got to go by myself. Okay, because I was going to say, like, I may be able to get laid once if I bring my kid with me and I got one kid out of her hair for a little while. Yep. So I got to go by myself. You have to go myself. by yourself. You have to watch a game. In, I mean, Oh, man, I would need $2,000. I would think about taking away your phone and just making you sit and watch the basketball. Oh, without the phone, I would without need uh, $50,000. <laughs> That's about the correct amount. I'm, I'm gonna give. Jesus. I'm gonna award you points for that answer. Okay. So can here's, you think of anything worse than being a Gopher basketball season ticket holder? It's a real bummer, and man. And having to pay for all those games. The problem that uh, really bums me out about uh, the Gophers basketball program in general is that it's got potential to be amazing. It's at a perfect time of the year when we got a lot of free time. It's winter. The Timberwolves are bad to, every year. Timberwolves are bad every year. Um, just generally a decently fun sport to watch. I think great arena to go to. There's also, yeah, there's the arena. I think there's also a little bit of like, like old person bonding with college basketball can be a thing with our parents and grandparents and uncles and whatever that you don't get as much of with the wolves. Right. There is an incorrect opinion, flagrantly incorrect that college basketball is like a better sport than I don't know who has that opinion, but they're wrong. Old people. True. Old people think that the college guys are trying their asses off and the NBA guys get their millions of dollars and they sit around on their ass and launch like three-pointers from half court. Sometimes they're right. 
Ricky Davis is the counterpoint here. Ricky Davis is is the counterpoint to almost all arguments. Right. It's Ricky Davis. Yeah. So that's wrong. You just say, yeah, but Ricky Davis. So like, I just eh, get good point. bummed about that just kind of in general from like almost a social perspective when they're bad. Uh, but here's, I did uh, about 45 seconds of research today. All right. Before you do the research, you want to, before our food gets completely ice cold, you want to take a quick break and have some food? Oh, right, yeah. We'll be back. All right. We'll be back. All right. We're back. We, we had some, I had a cold burger. Brandon had a cold sandwich. We're here. We're ready to go. We've been refueled. We're on question seven. The original question was, can go for basketball get any worse? You did um, some research. That's I did where we were 45 seconds of research. Here's what I think that I know. Please confirm. Okay. We have two good players, Nate Mason know. and Jordan Murphy. I, see, here's the, here's the trouble with go for basketball. I'm not sure which players Rick Pitino has run off. And which players old Richie Patino has kept? Every so year we got I, new players. Yes, very true. And it really hurts now that Amelia Reno isn't the beat writer anymore. Because yep. usually I learned a lot just from following like her Twitter account. Because mm-hmm. she's uh, a past sportive, a sportive guest, close friend, <laughs> close friend, close friend of the podcast. None of us have met her in real life. Oh no! But so usually I could learn something about it from her Twitter account, but. I don't think I'm following Marcus Fuller yet, and that's mostly because I just don't care. Because, as mentioned, watching go for basketball is terrible until Christmas time. Well, I am here to to educate you right, on what hear. actually has been going on. The, the questioner has become the questionee. The names of the people that I have in front of me, i.e., Nate Mason and Jordan Murphy, I have confirmed today, again, November 11th, 2016 are still members of the They're still on the team. All right. That's so, good. That's good to know. Whether they get kicked off tonight or tomorrow, probably a good chance. Knowing could what's happen. been going on with this team, right? pretty good chance. But as of now, Nate Mason and Jordan Murphy are two good college basketball players. Not great, but good. So that's a positive. That's two reasons to watch this right. year. Two more. Except they're college basketball players, so they're not that good at basketball. Yeah, no, exactly. They're they're not going to be professionals, at least probably in the NBA. We have two freshmen that could be really good. One, Amir Coffey, local oh. guy. One of us. One and, of us. And another guy named Eric Curry. Is he I, one of us? I don't know. I'm sorry. I, again, I told you, I've done 45 seconds of research. That Is was he as good as Eric Harris, former Gopher basketball backup point guard, Eric Harris? I'm going to say yes. He's at least as good as Eric Harris? Yeah. Then he's pretty good. Eric yeah. Harris is not so bad. So that's two other reasons to watch. Coffee, Curry, um, could be disasters. I mean, we've seen how many good, highly touted right. freshmen ended up being shitty. Um, but that's potential. A couple of quotes I've seen is that Amir Coffee is the best Recruit we've had since Rodney Williams. Okay. And slightly more polished, which is well, good because Rodney, Rodney Williams, Williams was the least polished Played nine player. years of college basketball and never got any more polished. The least polished player almost in the world. Yeah. For those, for, for those of you who don't remember, Rodney Williams was the kind of basketball player who was incredibly athletic and had only been introduced to using the basketball to put it through the hoop about yesterday. He... Uh, he smashed 14 backboards trying to dunk. He could touch the top of the backboard from a standing position. Right. And yet dribbled with both hands. <laughs> so, 
So that was Rodney Williams. So Coffey is supposed to be better than him, but he was a big recruit. Um, and then the fifth reason to watch is something named Reggie Lynch. Also, I'm not sure if he's a freshman. This is a guy who I believe was arrested or in some bad, I don't even want to know, right. but has been, uh, has been allowed to rejoin the team and is now supposed to be, again, sort of a wild card player where he could be great, he could be worthless, but it's at least worth watching. So five reasons worth watching Gophers basketball. Um, again, the original question was, can they get any worse? I don't think so. It's going to be very difficult. Yeah. That was, <laughs> as, as somebody said, it was so bad that Richard Pitino should have had his contract extended just like as a ball and chain. Like, no, you have to stay. Yeah. You have yeah. to stay here. You can't quit. Yeah. You're going to look Your at Your buyout it. went up to $100 million. This. Yeah. You have to stand on the sidelines until this gets better. Oh, man. You're going to yep. die in Williams Arena waiting for going for basketball to be better. It's a huge hope for me that they get to be at least competent. I am if, And then we've talked about this before, but of the, if we were able to rank uh, teams, and I, we actually probably have asked this on the show, of the four professional sports, and then let's throw in go for football, go for basketball, as like the six probably of most fans in general of Minnesota. We're not, we're not arguing people who are right now writing tweets. We're not arguing about whether those should be the six yep. or whether they will in the future be in the six or even whether they are right now. We're just considering those six. Average amount of page views of a news item on the Star Tribune, these, I am confident, would be the top six. Correct. Of those six, if you could choose in order a team that would be like the New England Patriots of their sport. None. Punt. Not not necessarily the same attitude as the Patriots, but let's say an ongoing, successful organization. None. Punt. No, no, we don't have any right now. But if you could order them, of like, if I could be the mo- if, if I if could choose, if the Patriots choose. were at the top, like a well-run organization, who is the closest to that? So, like, if you like of those six teams, what is the what would you choose of like? to be the Patriots of their sport. So, like, the Patriots in football, the Cardinals in baseball, which I fucking hate the Cardinals, obviously. Uh, the probably go for hockey would be go for hockey, I'm guessing. Duke would be uh, go for basketball. Football so would of be those six, Ohio State, whatever. Like, choose your, like, of the... Uh, they, they're good every year. The Where would wild, you choose them? I think, would have to be, wouldn't it? No, 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 no. The, start over. Okay. These are all... I don't understand the questions anymore. If you could choose of these six, you had to put an order of one through six, rank of how happy they would make you to be the oh, whatever. how happy they would make me. How happy now they would make you. Now we're back on solid ground. My, my point was only that Gopher basketball would be higher on my list than a lot of other people. Uh, where would Gopher basketball be on your list? It would be above the wild. How dare you? It would be above Gopher football. That's probably legitimate. It would be... Um, Don't you do it. Don't you do it. Don't say it. The Vikings. It would be above the Vikings? Yeah. Yeah. Just, I want you to not think about yourself for a second here. Yep. Imagine the Vikings were, like, good and won multiple Super Bowls. Yep. Imagine how happy your friends, neighbors, and fellow Minnesotans would be. You think that I actually converse with football fans? I think you, you think probably I have actually, to. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, How no, dare it you. would be it would be fine, but I think that they uh, I I you know, 
I think the NFL makes people crazy. Just in general. It makes people crazy. It makes me crazy. It makes you crazy, and you're a very, even, I know you make fun of yourself, you are, like, more level-headed than than 90% of other people, and you go crazy. I go insane. Our friend Clarence, you know, he has this persona on our show, but we know him personally. One of the more level-headed, reasonable people in the whole world. I'm sorry, Clarence, to be... Sorry to out you as a, here. Uh, it's it, always it, fun to out Clarence as an incredibly nice person. It makes him crazy. It does. It makes him as crazy as anything else in his life. I would say that is probably a lot of sports fans. If they would say, like, what makes you the craziest? They go, I don't know, fucking the NFL. Yep. The Vikings. They fucking make me crazy. Makes me so, an insane person. I would think if we turned into the Patriots, and again, take away, like, the fans or whatever, but just the success of the organization. If we turned into the Patriots... People would still be fucking crazy. They would be nuts. They would somehow decide that's true. That uh, you know, because this year their their defense is like not great. Just be losing their fucking minds at the defense. Right. So, so it would probably be for me. Timberwolves, Twins, go for basketball. All right. So it's 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 more important to me than I would say a lot of other people, and so I'm really bummed that they are uh, horseshit and worthless. And I'm eating a little bit of crow because I think I thought that Richard Pitino was a super good hire. I mean, it's such a poochy move of, like, a guy who's probably, you know, nobody legit was coming to our fucking yeah. organization. So I was like, go with a super young guy who's unproven, who's got something He's to... basketball Eric Trump. <laughs> yes. God, you son of a bitch. I just said I, you know, feel bad. I know you made me feel worse. <laughs> uh, okay, so do you want to move on? I do. Question eight. Do you love Ricky Rubio yet? Do you appreciate him like you should have been doing all along, you ungrateful son of a bitch? Wait, you're, you're telling me I don't love Ricky Rubio enough? Do you love Ricky Rubio yet? Do you appreciate him like you should have been doing all along, you ungrateful is son this, of a bitch? Is this question for me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have personally. Have I not been right next to you all along, Brandon? Yeah. Do we not talk on this podcast no, about how dreamy No, you've been telling is? me that you think no. that I love Norv. So how dare here, you? Here's the difference. Don't you do this. Here's the thing. Do this with anybody but Ricky Rubio. No, no. It's Ricky. You? It's Ricky. I'm cutting off your mic. How don't you Where's appreciate the him? Where's the button? God, it, would you say, I mean, you watch the Timberwolves much closer than I do, but my sense from watching the Timberwolves yep. is that losing Rubio has ruined the season so far. So far, but... Would they be? Would their record be flipped if they had Rubio in the lineup? No, because he was a... Maybe. Probably not. Think about their third quarter defense all season. Think about how much Rubio improves that defense. Now answer the question again. Would their record be flipped? Would they be 5-2 and two instead of 2-5? and five? They'd be undefeated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not possible. Um, but I think that it's uh, it's one of those things where my fandom... Is is running counter to my love of being proven correct, right? Which is a really difficult thing, and I don't know if you've experienced this since we've been doing this show in particular, and maybe it's just me, but there are there are times when it's like I'm happy the team is doing well, but I also thought that they, for some like, reason, I thought this person would Shabazz be bad. Muhammad scores thirty nine points and wins a game for the Timberwolves, and you're like. Oh, the Wolves won, but I've, I was the one that yeah, wanted yeah. Flip Saunders shot to the moon because yeah. he drafted Shabazz Muhammad. A perfect example would be if Gorgie Jang, or I'm sorry, if uh, Greg Doritos, if Adrian Payne 
became a great player, right. it would be very... Surprising. Weird. It would be like, well, God, I've been shitting on this guy for so long. Yeah. If you're a fan regularly and you don't have to record yourself making these predictions, you'd be like, no, I always love that guy. That guy's great. Oh, yeah. Great like, we are on record guy. of saying, like, I think Adrian Bain sucks ass. <laughs> right? That happened. That was something we said. Uh, well, Zach Levine's a good example, although I've gotten over it. I didn't really love the draft pick to begin with, and now he's, I mean, he's I still, still don't love grave, Levine. But, I mean, no, but, he's But he's exciting, and I get it, and my casual fans, buddies that are, that are you know, kind of... Uh, half in, half out on the Wolves, they'll tune in and see him hit a few. And they're like, that guy's unbelievable. And it's hard to be like, well, if you look at the his defensive adjusted, numbers are not uh, that the, good. The plus minus doesn't actually. When he's on the court, they're actually you know. a point and 1.2 points per possession less yeah. than. Yeah. So the reason I'm saying that is because I was a little bummed out at how happy everybody was about Chris Dunn. Um, that he was going to be the savior, and there was all these reports by, I think, Wojcia, Adrian Wojciechowski uh, in particular, with this asinine report of, like, well, Dunn will be a starter after 20 games, and then they'll trade Rubio. Like, wait, wait, where the fuck did 20 games come from? Who on earth would actually, because Thibodeau would never, ever think something that crazy. Like, oh, yeah, just 20 games. That's it, right? Um so Have you, here's my question. Have you been rooting against Chris Dunn? Rubio's out with an elbow injury. Have you been kind of rooting against Chris Dunn? That's what I'm Because I'm going to tell you, I really have. <laughs> I'm kidding at. It's like it's a hard thing because I want Chris Dunn to be good. I think having two good point I, cards is awesome. I don't want Chris Dunn to be good. <laughs> but I don't want him to be so good. I want him to be like... I want him to be passable. To I want me, him to keep Tyus Jones off the floor. To me, the magical sweet spot here, and it's like a, you got to really thread the needle here is, like, he's immediately good, and immediately everybody knows that he's not as good as Rubio never right. will be. He's, <laughs> he's immediately good, but his limitations are obvious. Yes, immediately. And that's, you know, that could never happen. So it has been hard because I would see Dunn come in and make a couple plays, and I was like, yes, as a fan. And I'd be like, oh, fuck. You know? Here we go. And now it's the opposite because it seems like he's overmatched. Yeah, he's had a, some really hard I mean, games. He is a rookie. So as a... Um, as a member of the lamestream media, as I am, right. I'm happy about that because I'm right. I like being right. But as a fan, I'm bummed because it would be better if they didn't have to play Tyus Jones as much. He's been holding his own fine. But it's um, funny. If I don't know what the I don't know what the accepted fancy stat like wins above replacement is to use a baseball stat. I don't is there a basketball stat that it's like this is the number to look at before any other number? Um I would say probably win shares or box score plus minus adjusted. Right. Yeah. So if you looked at the win shares, my sense would be that Chris Dunn and Tyus Jones would be about the same, and our reactions are much different. With Chris Dunn, it's like he's kind of struggling. He's, yep. I mean, he's a rookie. He's a 29-year-old rookie, but he's a rookie. This is his first time around the league. Yep. Whereas Tyus Jones is like, wow, Tyus is amazing. He hasn't nearly been the absolute yeah. disaster that he was last year. He He's standing on the correct end of the floor when the Wolves are on defense. And he's also... Last year, he just stood underneath the opposing hoop the whole game. Weirdly, he's like two and a half years younger than Chris Dunn. He's, Chris Dunn is older than like half our roster. Chris Dunn is older than you are. <laughs> yeah. Chris Dunn is 39 years old. It's incredible. It's, it was funny because throughout the first few games, they'd be like, oh, two, we got a rookie on a second year. Well, Dunn is actually four years older than this second year player. He really is. Yeah. But 
So I hope that other people can appreciate Ricky Rubio for what he is. He's um, We need him back really quickly. But, okay, do you want to move on? We have two more questions left. I, I, let's just – I want to make sure that you never again impugn my love for Ricky Rubio. Well, you don't appreciate him like you should, so you, you ungrateful have, son of a you bitch. You have – This is what happens when you start saying I like North Turner. Right, that's, I, that's fair and I deserve that. You have uh, your buddies who are Wolves fans but don't pay a lot of attention. Do they look at Rubio sort of like we other people look at Joe Maurer? Like, is Rubio basketball Maurer for them? Or is like, well, if he could shoot, if he'd just catch again, he'd be fine. Yeah, there's a little bit of that. I think that everybody loves getting ahead of themselves and say, boy, you know, if it comes down to a, you know, one of the playoff series, his weaknesses are going to get exposed. It's like, oh, well, slow your roll. <laughs> boy, that we would be a real terrible problem the playoffs problem in about 40 years. Uh, what were you so, doing the last time the Timberwolves made the playoffs? Yeah, it was what, 03? 04. 04, just out of college? 04, I, I, was, a se- college. I was a senior in college. Yeah, yeah. And now I'm a million years old and have 12 children. I know, it's crazy. Uh, so, okay, question nine, you ready? Ready. Can I get a wild state of play, comma, is this the year? Um, and they, The state of play is they beat the Penguins on the road last night, which near as I can remember is the first time a Minnesota hockey team's won in Pittsburgh since about... 1974. Love it. Uh, so that was exciting, but they're not really an exciting team. I saw that they have given up the least amount of goals. They've also played a few. They for a some few reason games. I don't know how what works out with the NHL schedule because it feels like this happens to the Wild every season, where suddenly in the middle of October or the start of November, somehow they go about two weeks without playing a game, and now I. I think they played two games in November. So I've heard far. that too. What in the and fuck? And they ha- they now have counting last night. They have ten games in seventeen days or something like that. Who is doing the schedule? This it makes no sense. I looked at the standings this I think yesterday before the Penguins game, and somehow every team in their division had played three or four more games than them. Who did? Who does the this scheduling? I, I think don't understand that, it. Here's my theory, and you're gonna love this. Ooh. I think it's because the NHL is so unpopular. And How dare nobody you. likes watching them <laughs> that they try to go to schedule and then they realize their arenas are like booked for other events. So they'll be like, all right, cool. Well, we'll play Nashville. We'll have the Wild play, the Nash- play Nashville on that Thursday. Be like, oh no, uh, Big Mortal and Rich. Cross. Big and Rich is going to be there. We can't. Big and Rich. Like they get. The NHL they re- so many they years. schedule all the other things on top of it. So then they're going to be like, wow, shit, can we do Friday? And like, no, that's the. The Monster Truck Convention is Friday. Saturday, Random. no, there's still going to be a bunch of dirt from the Monster Trucks on Saturday. Uh, so maybe play like Tuesday. Like, I'll, I'll right, tell you yeah. what, Brandon, it's that's impressive. Because every time I think you've said the dumbest possible thing about hockey. Yeah, that's my you theory. Just, you beat your personal best. I've been working on that one for a while. What do you think? I'm not a fan. Do you have a better idea? <laughs> uh, Gary Bettman is the worst human on earth. I, I, that's your answer not, for everything. Not, this is something we do. probably right. We, we at one point were going to talk about um, Sean McIndo writing about the five things you have to know to be a hockey fan. Yep. We mentioned it briefly. One of them was that you have to blame, blame everything Gary on Gary Bettman. That's true. So this is something we can easily blame Gary Bettman on. Because whoever made the schedule, Gary Bettman is his boss. Well, his no, boss I think boss. we if we want to really cut to the chase, we'd just be like, Gary Bettman made the schedule himself. And he fucking sucks at it. True. And he forgot how many teams there were. Okay. So, um... 
the uh, reason I asked, is this the year, was not to be facetious and ridiculous. But I don't know if you know this, but there is a statistic called SRS, Simple Rating System, which is... We've cited this many times on the podcast. We do. And uh, who puts that out? It's HockeyReference.com. Yes. And uh, it's not a fancy statistic. All it really shows is um, uh, goal differential, which is important, and strength of schedule. Sure. Also important. Very simple, very, very simple concept. It, right. it, it means nothing. It, it, it does not factor in uh, possession percentage or any of that bullshit. It's the simplest thing in the world. That's why it's called SRS, Simple Rating System. Anyway, the Wild, as of now, which, again, November 11th of 2016, uh, their SRS is the number one ranked in the Western Conference. Really? Yeah. So you're saying here they're now better than all those other Western Conference that teams. That the Wild are the best team in the Western Conference. Yeah, so they're better than the Chicago team. They're better than. I like how you pretend that you have no idea what the NHL teams are, and as soon as we shut off the mics, you'll be like, the "Have Ducks. you seen this Blackhawks power the play? Ducks. It's amazing." Got it. Goes Kane to Chelios to fuck there's another good guy in the Blackhawks I'm positive yeah what's his name um, the, it's Patrick Kane and Duncan Keith Duncan Brent Keith. Seabrook because I am barely breathing that Duncan Keith I can't find the air Brandon I, I don't know what you're talking about another Duncan Sheik reference that goes right over your head who's Duncan Sheik the guy that sings what that band song. was that Duncan Sheik that was barely breathing fuck all right, Boy, we're, getting, we're getting to the end of it. This is just us just talking past each other. I'm talking about hockey. You're talking about Duncan Cheek. We're getting to the end of it. Um, my last question. Is this the non-sports question? question number 10, All which right. is non-sports. This so is your chance to turn it off. Any everyone. sensitive people that don't like talking or hearing about the news or politics can press stop now. You uh, probably should press stop now. So, John, uh, question number 10 is, from the election, are you planning on acting or doing anything different because of the person we've elected? Uh, what I found in the past couple of days, th- this was true on Tuesday night and then beyond. Tuesday night felt like the fourth quarter of a Vikings game in a lot of ways. And what I, what I sort of decided since then is that politics is just toxifying my soul. You know what I mean? In a way that even the Vikings haven't in the past. Yes. It just it, it it makes me no matter what the article is about, whether it's on whatever side of the aisle it's on, whatever what point of view it has, they just tend to make me sad and angry and make me feel terrible. And so I'm trying to stop thinking about it. I'm trying to stop reading things. Uh-huh. I just would like to give it a break for a while. That's the problem with politics versus sports is if the Vikings are making you crazy you change a channel, and then you never have to have the Vikings it affect is, you ever again. It's sort of optional. And this politics is not. And that's what makes me fucking Well, why insane. is it not optional? I because think it can be optional. even if you don't pay attention to what's going on, it affects you. And that's what sucks and makes me crazy. Well, here's the thing, Brandon. I'm a white, I'm a white dude. <laughs> it doesn't affect it's you. It's not going to affect yeah. me at all. Yes. This is... This is but it doesn't seem like it. But it might affect you, right? <clears throat> so even as a white person, um, and let's just be charitable, uh, the, the, um, 
the policies that depend on the age in which you get your Social Security affects you. If it's earlier, you get it sooner. If it's later, you get True. it better. No matter what side you're on, right? But that's three it, decades from now. Okay. So, because we're young, so it yep. affects us less. Medicaid, uh, our grandparents, it affects them. True. Immediately. Right. And we care about them. So, like, even if we, even if you're bipartisan, apolitical, uh, have decided, I'm going to turn, this is what, this is what is scary, is, like, you can't just, you can, I mean, you can just not pay attention. That's my plan. My plan is to not pay not attention. affect you because it's going to, because right. it's, you know what I mean? And that sucks. <clears throat> but mostly it's just that, yeah, the obvious feeling that there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah. I mean, I think I will get there I at some point. I feel like I can do more about the Vikings than I can about the state of the American political system. Um, Which is wrong. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but yeah. I, feel, I feel like I'm closer to changing things. I feel like I'm closer to getting Rick Spielman fired <laughs> than I am on this in trying to convince people of whatever political opinions I might have. Right. It feels like it would be easier to get a chance to talk to Ziggy Wolf and convince him that Rick Spielman needs to go. Get a meeting with him. Then it would to change the political opinions of literally anyone I know. I think that uh, I, I agree with that. I was listening to Dan Barrero on the way over here tonight, um, which I shouldn't do, but I do once in a while. And he had a guy call in. He had a, he had a couple people call in that were making the case that I think it's ridiculous that if people voted for Trump, we're all of a sudden saying they're all racists. That's not fair. There's 60 million people. 60 million people are not full-on racists in this country. And then uh, another guy called in and said, okay, that's a one way to look at it, but they are undeniably enabling racism. Which, okay, that's another way to look at it. And Barrero's point, he was very exasperated, but trying to listen to this guy was very passionate. Very exasperated and trying to listen is the state in which Dan Brero lives his life. Yeah. Well, sometimes he doesn't try to listen. Sometimes <laughs> he's got his. That's true. But in this case, he didn't hang up on him. He just, you know, and his point was, okay, even if that's true, what do you want me to do about it? Kind of similar to you. Yeah. What, what on earth are we going to do about it? And the guy's answer was a he didn't have any clue what to do about it. I think everybody's kind of there right now. Right. I want people to understand my point of view, and I haven't really gotten anywhere besides that right now. I'm trying to move on to doing something about this. Um, I feel very strongly that there is a fair amount of politics that's really just about policy and your opinion versus my opinion, and we both have solid opinions, and we can disagree, and that's fine. There is a small amount of politics that's good versus evil, a very, very small amount. <clears throat> um, gay marriage being one of them. It, just as an example. That, I'm not me, sure that's good versus evil, but I take your point. Right versus wrong, whatever it is. Like, right side versus wrong side of history the way I believe it to be. So the, so I'll give you another example. The uh, business tax, we're going to do a flat tax of 15% right. on businesses. That's a political thing where I can see both sides, and I'm not going to... You can see both sides? Of course. Of course. It seems weird, but I think if you want to, if you do enough research just to try to find your point on one side, you'll be able to find it. 
Low taxes means more money and more jobs, whatever. High taxes means more revenue into the government to do good things for it and to help out the populace, whatever, right? But there are other things that I feel differently about, and racism is one that's like, to me, it's like a good versus evil thing, or right versus wrong, however you want to say it. Maybe evil is a little bit too strong, but it's a right versus wrong thing. Well, people are going to react poorly to the word evil if you use it on them. I'm just giving you a little advice here. Yeah, that's totally fine. But my point of view is that we need to be tolerant of the one point of view of the of the business tax, progressive tax, and it's being saying, tolerant. So what you're saying is there's areas you're willing to disagree and areas you're not willing to compromise on at all. Yes. Yep. And looking back through time, again, this is one of those silly things where, like, everybody goes back and they're on the right side of history, but, like, the civil rights and women's suffrage, that wasn't like a, there are two, we got to hear both sides sort of things, right? There was a right side of history of equality, and then there was wrong side of history. So, so that's sort of um, what this guy was talking about and what Barrero was, like, saying, like, what do you want me to do about it? And I think I'm with you. Like, I don't know what to do about it. Uh, my, right now, my preliminary point of view, and I'll go quick, um, is to do two things about it. One, I think you're right that you're not going to be able to change anybody's mind on where they stand on race relations. It's going to be hard to... Uh, 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 people are going to think what they're going to think. One thing I can do is make sure that the people who stand on... Again, what I view as the right side of history, have the opportunity to voice their concerns. So I want to spend a little bit of time or money or both on voters' rights, making sure there's the people who want to vote have access to that. That's an and to be fair, Minnesota is a really good state at that. 74%. We, we won again. It's amazing. We, won, we finished top of the Number rankings one. again. It's incredible. The, uh, did you, somebody put out a map today, and I know David Brower retweeted it. So if you go ahead and go back through David Brower's timeline, you'll find it. Somebody put out a map, an electoral map of who won the state if you count no, not voting as a vote. And it turned out that, don't, that no vote had 380 electoral votes, and then it was like Clinton 30, Trump 25 or something. Like really? That. Yeah. It, in almost every state, more people didn't vote than voted for any candidate. Right. And Minnesota was one of the few that more people voted for a candidate than did not vote. And I think in some ways, it's your right to not vote. I don't want to, you know, come down on people for not voting if that's... Well, is that I true, it, though? It's, I mean, it's an option to not vote. I'm saying, like, as an there American... There are countries in which it's compulsory to vote. And not, not just, like, it's compulsory to vote in Kazakhstan, where you have to vote for the <laughs> yeah. so, such and such person. <laughs> I think Australia is a country where you're required to vote. Okay. And um, it, does, it does have an effect... At least theoretically. The theory is if everybody has to vote, then you have to appeal to as broad a swath of the population as possible. How's it going? I'm just curious what you guys are doing. Oh, we're just recording a podcast. Just a dorky podcast. Oh, uh, just our own website. It's dorky. It's a sports. Yeah. I just was curious. Yeah, nothing important. Yeah, cool. No, really. <laughs> I didn't know if it was something I needed to know about. Not even a little bit. The farthest thing from that. The People of Legends are checking in. We got to go. Yeah. So, but can you go to the voting booth in Australia and still say, I choose neither of these people? I honestly don't know. You're at the end of all of my facts about Australian elections. the end. 
Um, we reached the end of my knowledge. Uh, but I just, I'm trying to think of something that will help, but also be bipartisan, because uh, um, I don't want to just give money to a party. Right. Because I don't think that that's, I'm trying to get away from like people, I understand politics and how it has to work, and that's fine. But you, I just think voters' rights right now is an important thing to me. Um, and the second thing I want to, um, I don't know, I have more thinking to do, but I'm trying to talk out loud about my immediate desire to do something. Um, one, because I'm hoping anyone who is listening to this, which I realize now nobody is, but... Um, except for that guy who just stopped by. He might except listen. for that guy. Um, that if anybody has any ideas on some good bipartisan, just general ways to, to help affect more than just myself. I'd love to hear some ideas. So that's one reason I'm saying it. And the other is to hold myself accountable to actually do something about it because the feeling that I had on Tuesday night was legitimately, surprisingly, like one of the worst feelings I've ever had in my whole entire life. Like it's that, it was that bad for me. Um, so I don't want to feel that way again. I don't want to feel that helpless. I'll feel disappointed. Um, hopefully not that disappointed. I hope we never elect a candidate like that ever again. Um, but the helplessness was what was really affecting me. So I plan to do something. And that's why I'm saying it out loud so I actually do something about it. So if anybody has any suggestions on how to do good on a bipartisan, apolitical level of just like the good of our society, I would love to know. That's all I got. So supportive listeners, we know you're all about doing good. Yeah. Contact Brandon. About doing good. I want society to be uh, happier and healthier in general. So that's my goal. So please help. That's all I got. That's question 10. So that's our 10 questions. So we got through them all tonight. That was good. And it only took us six and a half hours. Yeah. All right. Let's wrap it up. Okay. Goodbye. Love you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 